All right, welcome to uh, another episode of FTU, Life After the Military. I'm Tony Rodriguez. I'm your host for this uh, journey, and today I'm joined by my good friend Chris. Uh, Chris and I were in the 82nd together. Uh, it's like doing time in maximum prison there. Hmm. Um, so we became very good friends, and before that, uh, we were actually at Redstone together, although we were didn't really talk too much because we were in different MOSs. And I believe you went to Fort Benning as well, right, for basic? No, I went to Knox for basic. Okay, so we caught up at at Redstone, and I followed Chris um, pretty much throughout his career because he made that big jump over to civil affairs, and that gave me the courage to try something out of my comfort zone as well. Um, Yeah. So with with that, Chris, uh, I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, all right. Well, uh, my name's Chris Harris. Um, like Tony said, I've been, I was well, I was in the military for 20, a little over 20 years, and had a great time. I started out at Fort Knox during basic training, and then went on to Redstone for my first MOS. Did that for about five years, fixing Avengers as a, a 27 Tango, then I turned to like a 35 Tango, I think, and then... Switched over to Civil Affairs when that became a, a actual branch, right before all the SF guys moved out of it. Um, did that for like five years. Then I went, I commissioned, and I was in the infantry for about five years. And well, well, I guess the the remainder of my time was in the infantry. Um, but the second half of that was running facilities out at Camp McCall and helping to run the Civil Affairs course. Um, yeah, so that's me. Yeah, Chris, no, um, you know, I don't think uh, you get enough credit for that because, uh, you know, a lot of people in the deuce, you know, trying to leave the deuce back then was difficult, Um, especially when you reclassed, you had to get permission from the battalion commander, right? Yeah, actually, it's it's really funny. I was, um, not to be long-winded about it, but I was only going to do a couple of years. I'm from Massachusetts originally, and not a lot of people that I knew would join the military back in, you know, 2000. So 9-11 hadn't happened yet, obviously. I don't have very much family that was in the military. I have an uncle. Uh, my grandpa- my grandfathers, both of them, served just like all, most of the grandfathers of our generations. Um, and that was it. So got hurt, lost a scholarship. Um, everything kind of came to a head. My, my mom and my stepdad closed their businesses, so there was no money to go to college, and I just had to get out of where I was at. Um, so I joined the military out of the blue, just joined the Army. I looked at the, uh, looked at the, the Marines. I had some friends that went to the Marines, and I was like, well, they came back crazy, so I'm not going to do that. And then I was like, well, the Air Force is probably too easy I won't do that either. And I looked at the, the Army and the Navy, and I was like, well, I don't want to be on a boat for six months with a bunch of dudes hot bunking. Um, little did I know, two years later, I'd be in Afghanistan <laughs> doing the same thing <laughs> with all dudes. But, yeah, so I joined, and uh, overall had a good time. Um, went to Afghanistan at, right after 9-11, 2002. We all took off and did that. And when I came back... They, it was like January '03, and the uh, the guys, my NCOs or officers at the time, they were like, "Hey, 
So you can't go to Iraq. You already have a combat patch, and uh, Afghanistan is basically over, and Iraq will be like six months. not a big deal. So I'm like, cool, I'm just going to get out. And they're like, no, you're, you're stop-lost. <laughs> you can't get out. I was like, what? what does that even mean? Like, you're fenced in, you can't get out. Um, I was like, all right, so I guess I'll just stick it out. Oh, oh by the way, you're going to go to the NCO board, too. Um, could go get ready. <laughs> so it was a lot of, a lot of like, pushed in the right direction, because I definitely was not planning on staying in the Army. And then six months later, I was still in Iraq. I met everybody there, and I was in the Fallujah, Ramadi area. Yeah, those were good times, right? There was something. There was a lot of crazy stories, uh, for sure. So, fast forward. Can you tell us a little bit about your transition out of the military? How did you know when you needed to start preparing, and how did you prepare to make that lifestyle change? Yeah, for sure. So, I knew that I was just going to do 20 years. I had a, a pretty good feeling that, you know, because I did 10 years enlisted, I only had to do 10 years as an officer to, to retire as an officer. So um, if I kept going, then I, you just incur more time and more time with the different ranks. And I figured 38 would be a good time to get out. So knowing that I had a, a hard out date, uh, I really did start the transition process two years early. Well, I started the medical part of it really four years early when I was actually honest about all of the nonsense that goes on with our bodies, right? So I actually went to the, the clinic and I was like, hey, so no kidding, I have all of these issues. Let's start to see if I can get them treated or at least documented. And then two years out, I started the SFL TAP process, um, which at the time, this is before COVID, so this is the 2018, it was actually a pretty good, pretty good program. I don't know what it's like now. But when I was getting out, it was a pretty good program, pretty good, at least intro to what to do when you get out. And then as you're going through that process, I learned, um, I found out about a lot of really cool programs. So um, Patriot's Path is a, an amazing program. It's a woman, Noelle, out of Charlotte, who was an executive recruiter for a long time and then came in and started doing this nonprofit. Um, so when COVID started happening in 2020 is when I actually got out, uh, I was able to do that process virtually. And it was, it was really good. It was a lot of the same SFL type, type classes, but it condensed and really focused on the transition. Like this is what, no kidding, not just some, you know, old soldier that is helping you with transition, but like, no kidding, somebody who was in the civilian world all their life. This is what recruiters care about. This is what companies care about. Look at LinkedIn. Look at resumes, etc. Um, so that was really cool. Did that for a week uh, and really got my head wrapped around, you know, finding that that job. But I, I can't stress enough that there's there's so many organizations out there right now that are willing to help veterans, either veteran-run organizations or veteran-focused organizations or just companies in general trying to help, you know, they want veterans because they have the discipline, they have the resumes, they have, you know, they have everything that the companies want in an employee. So they try to get, they try to recruit, they try to, you know, 
feed into the um, transition process as much as possible. So I really, I would recommend Patriots Path, huge. American Corporate Partnership, another one. You can get linked in with a, a Fortune 500 company mentor, which is amazing. So I did that as well. They do um, in an industry that you're looking into or a location or both, if it works out. So I, I got that project management. Onward, um, Onward's Opportunity, O2O, amazing yeah. program out of Syracuse. The, uh, incredible. The Honor Foundation wasn't available, or I didn't hear about it until it was already kind of transitioned, but I definitely would recommend that as well um, if you're in the soft community. And they're de- they're here at Fort Bragg now, and then they have other alum- our chapters around the country. So those are definitely programs I would look into. Yeah, those are great programs. And uh, I think in the next three weeks, I'm going to have uh, Alicia um, from Onward to Opportunity on um, so she can explain the whole program because I did that for my PMP certification, mm-hmm. but I know they offer more. Uh, they have other certifications in there. I just, I'm not aware of which ones they are because I was, honestly, I just wasn't interested in them. Um, yeah, there's like so, 70 of them. And I think the best thing is it's not just for you as the transitioning veteran, but it's also for your significant other, your spouse, your your dependents can do a lot of the same programs. And even if you're not looking to transition in the near future or maybe you maybe you can't do the O2O thing yet because you're not within the time frame, I think it's 120 days or whatever, your spouse can. And they can get those certifications too. And they can get those mentors and they can get the, you know, the leg up over other applicants. It's, so it's six months out, but six months from your final date, not when your terminal leave starts. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, so a lot of people, when I was transitioning out, they kept telling me, well, um, just to know what I wanted to do, right? Um, I, think, I think that's a little ridiculous because in the military, we do so many things that there are easily... 20 different fields that I applied for because I met the requirements for all those fields. Mm. Now, I might not have been the best applicant, but I I met the requirements for all those different fields. And so I felt like it was almost like high school again when you're going to college and like, well, you need to know what you want to do so you can major in that right away. It's like, that's that's a tough decision to make at 18, right? Well, leaving the military saying... Well, you need to know what you want to do. I found for me it was easier to know what was more important for me was to find a place where I felt they actually wanted me to be part of their organization. Mm-hmm. And to have an organization that when during the interview process, they listened to me. They weren't just rambling off questions and writing notes down. And, are, are you... Is this a conversation or are you drilling me here? Right. You know? Yeah, I would go one step further and I would say um, I, I 100% agree with you. It is as you're getting out, people are like, oh, what are you going to do? You know, the, the exact same thing of when you're in high school of like you have no idea. You don't know. Like for me and for you, for me for sure, I was 18, right? So I had some – nonsense jobs before I joined the military and then I was in the military I did a lot of different jobs in the military but it was still just the army overall right so what I really focused on and I got some really good 
advice from, from a couple different mentors that I've had, um, they just asked me, like, hey, what what do you like to do? What do you want to do? Not just what you want to do when you get out, but what did you like while you were in the military? What what drives you? They knew that I changed, you know, career fields within the military a few times. Like, why did you change those career fields? What were you chasing? And so I thought about it. I was, I was always chasing that small team feeling, right? That small team culture. I wanted to either be a part of or lead a, a small team of professionals that wanted to get after the thing, whatever that thing was, right? Um, so once I knew what I like to do, what I like to do in the military, uh, I was able to really focus on the culture of the companies that I was looking at, right? And try to find one that was a fit uh, to get after kind of your point. So it wasn't just that like, I'm sitting in a chair and I feel like I'm at like some like NCO board or whatever, social the month board, and I'm just getting drilled. That's not the kind of company I want to work for. I want to have that conversation. I want to have that open, um, you know, discussion of what what's what are you bringing to me as a company for the employee, and what am I? What can I bring to you? Um, and I, I think I found that. I, I really recommend whatever you want to do when you transition. Just find the culture that fits for you. Some. You know, some people really like a very structured, you know, that 80-second type feeling, right? Where it's yeah. very structured, and that's cool. That's great. That's If you like that, if you're into that, that's perfect. Some people like a lot of flexibility. And for me, I like what I realized, especially since I've been in the, in the civilian side for a couple of years now, I like an in-between. I like to have some structure, but not so rigid where I can't have flexibility, uh, but I do, but like not so flexible to where like there's there's nothing. So when I go look for something like, well, just you know, figure it all out yourself. We don't know yet. I want to have some kind of something. So it was nice to like find that in a in a company um, and move forward with that interview process. Yeah, no, definitely. So um, the place where I'm working at now, <laughs> when I interviewed, I just felt so comfortable and. I already had two other job offers, and I was deciding which one I was going to take of those two. Mm-hmm. Um, when this place called me at the last second and it interviewed, it was great. The interview was completely over. I had asked all the questions I wanted to ask. And before I left, he's like, my interviewer, who's my boss now, I was like, uh, do you want to know how much we're going to pay you? He's like, yeah, sure, that might be important. And then yeah. what he <laughs> said was, Thirty percent more than what the other places were offering me. So it was jumping Jehoshaphat's. Yes, I want to work here. Yeah. Um, yeah. So for me, great. it was just it was, and then to start this podcast, like I was a little concerned. It's like, am I going to get in trouble? That's your own time. You do whatever. You're not like calling for the down throw of the U.S. government, are you? It's like no. It's like oh, okay. Have at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, for me, man, like it, so I, so I am a military contractor, a uh, government contractor, but that is the last thing I thought I would do when I transitioned. I know it's a lot of soldiers getting out, a lot of veterans getting out. Uh, they do wind up in those jobs. They, they go after those jobs, those GS jobs. I had a GS job basically given to me and I just, I just had it step away like it was the same job that i was doing in the military and they're like hey we created this job we want you to have it and i was like i i can't be here anymore i gotta move on 
every time, you know, every five years or so while I was in the military, I transitioned jobs, not just like changed, but, like completely changed what I was doing, you know, from fixing Avengers to civil affairs to an infantry to project management at the end there. So it was just so different. I was ready for another kind of a big change. And so I live in North Carolina. Raleigh's only about 45 minutes from where I live. Um, the, the Raleigh Research Triangle is amazing. It's incredible. There's so much opportunity there, pharmaceutical companies, tech companies, etc. So I had interviewed for some jobs there. Everything was looking really good. I had some offers on the table already, some really interesting things with project management. And then, and here's something I really would recommend for transitioning soldiers, transitioning veterans. It's not just like your immediate network. It's not your, it's, it's not just like the people that you have around you that you know that you know that could get you a job. It could be people that you've known in the past, that tertiary, you know. So, I had this mentor back, you know, when I was a young NCO. Uh, we were in the first civil affairs company I, that I was a part of. He was one of the the captains, and he hit me up out of the blue. He's like, "Hey, man, I I saw that you're retiring. I saw on LinkedIn you're retiring. Um, I have this really good friend." who is in this company and he's looking for people and I think he would fit the bill. And I was like, I don't know, man, it's it's not really my gig. I don't want to do military contracting, but you know, you don't want to say no. Let me talk to him. Plus COVID was going on. It was, again, this is like, I don't know, August, 2020 timeframe. So a lot of, you know, unknowns out there. Um, so I, I talked to him and he told me about the tech they had and I was like man if I had this when I was in civil affairs when I had even if I was when I was in the infantry when I was a, uh, a PL if I had this I could have helped me to get left to the bank right to help more soldiers get home safely etc so I was like I was bought into the tech and then he told me about the company and it so closely fit the culture I was looking for that I was just and then you know the salary was nice too but like it was just so close to what I wanted when I got out, that it fit perfectly, if that makes sense. Okay, wow, it looks like uh, Chris is having some technical difficulties there. Can you... <clears throat> Tony, can you hear me? Okay, he's back. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry. Yeah, I got you. Did, where did you hear I, where did you hear me kick off? Um, so you were talking about how you were uh, transitioning out and the company had the what you were looking for. Yeah, well, yeah, that was the end of it. Yeah, so, like, it really just, the culture fit so well that it just, it made me want to join that company. But it really did come from out of the blue. You know, that, again, that tertiary uh, network and then just keeping your LinkedIn stuff up to date. I think it's really important, especially as you transition. 
Yeah, no. So um, the company I'm working for, it's actually uh, it's a government contract as well. Um, and I made it perfectly clear when I was leaving. It's like I didn't even want to drive on to Fort Bragg. I never wanted to step foot on Fort Bragg again. And it just so happens that I worked back on Fort Bragg. Um, I, I have to admit that part of it is was just pure dumb luck um, because this company reached out to me. And so I'm instructor. I'm teaching uh, instructing uh, military soldiers on South America, Latin America, and Indo-PACOM, the cultures of these two regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I say part of it is luck, but I spent I was in the military 22 years. During 16 of those years, I did, uh, I was taking college classes. um, So I could earn three master's degrees. So part of it was luck. um, But part of it as well was just knowing that I needed to prepare for life after the military. um, Because there were some people who saw my resume and said, this guy will never stay here um, because of education. And these people saw my education on my resume and said, we need to find that we need to interview this guy. He didn't apply for this position, but we need to interview him. Yeah, I think it's important to be a lifelong learner, right? So whether that's like formal education for with college or, you know, some tradecraft type stuff, I think I think it's really, really important that to just not live that sedentary lifestyle you know like if the more sedentary you are then i feel like the shorter your life's gonna be if you if you continue to chase um new goals whether that's education or um career goals or family goals whatever those are just having something to, to drive you will just keep you healthier keep you alive longer keep, keep make life overall better so I, I definitely the fact that you have three masters is incredible honestly well so in one of my previous pods I was discussing how um, you know we all have our traits and we all have our what we're blessed with right some sort of skill set um, you know um, I, when I entered the army I was 5'7 now that I'm leaving I'm 5'6 thanks to all those jumps right <laughs> um so I'll never be seven feet tall, and I'm not very coordinated. So I'm not going to play in the NBA no matter how much I practice, right? Right. Yeah. And that's you know, and that no matter how much I go out and go to the batting cages, I'm never going to be able to hit a 95 mile per hour fastball. So I'm not going to play in the in the MLB, the major leagues, it, and that's fine. But what somehow I don't know why I was just born a nerd. <laughs> I like to read, and I remember things, and I'm pretty good at math, and so why not use that instead of just wasting it? Yeah, man. It's important, for sure. Yeah, we all have something, right? I mean, I I know some people that are just really good with their hands, so they're mechanics or the machinists or welders. I was amazed at how much a welder makes. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not saying that everybody should go out and go to college. Like you do what what's going to make you happy, but do something besides just 
I, I heard a lot of people tell me like, man, you're going to find a job real quick because you have leadership and you can go in there and they're going to be amazed because you can teach them the uh, crawl, walk, run method. It's like maybe if this was 1975. Sure. Yeah. But not today in 2022. Like you have to have something else. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, you know, there's a misnomer. Um, and honestly, I think it's the our generation of the military. A lot of friends that I've had or, you know, soldiers that either work for me or I work for have this, like, unfortunately, this feeling of... I don't know that they deserve something, right? They they were in the military, they went to combat. Now they deserve something. I I think that's a a really bad way to look at like the world, you know. I don't for me, I grew up in a really, you know, low income, maybe middle low middle class family. Um nobody gave you anything. You just you had to earn it. You had to do it. You had to get after it. And just because you did something one time in your life doesn't mean you deserve something forever, right? I think it's a problem. So to your point, like people told me the same thing. Hey, you know, you'll be fine. You're you know, you're you're a soldier, you were you did this, you did that, you'll you'll find a job. And while that may be true, it's not guaranteed, right? Just because you did something one time doesn't mean you're gonna get it forever. I think it's staying sharp on the skills that you have, whether they're like you said, um, you're born with them or you're you know you've you got them over time, um, and then just continuing to just improve like that self improvement, right? Getting after it, uh, pushing yourself, pushing others to just be better and just do more. I think it's really important because nobody owes you anything in life. Like that's the one. You know, they say, you know, death and taxes, right? Going to guaranteed <laughs> things. But I say the third thing is nobody owes you anything, period. Like, you need to make your way or, you know, or die, I guess. <laughs> so, I try not to be uh, so morbid anymore. So, I don't think you should, you know, die. But at the May same time, yeah. I, I don't want to see, you know, like our fellow brothers and sisters out on the street because they just didn't prepare or because they might be going through something. Um, you know, because we all go through something um, and it's just how we handle it. And I think if we're a little bit more open with it, um, I'm not saying we should have, you know, kumbayas like every, every afternoon and, you know, but address whatever's going on in our lives. No, I think that's a good point. I think what I was trying to say is by nothing is guaranteed. Like just because you serve in the military doesn't mean somebody's going to give you a job. I think you do have a leg up in a lot of ways, but you, it's a misnomer that you can just use that to get a job anywhere. Um, on the flip side, to your point of you know taking care of each other, that's the most important thing, right? Let's take care of our brothers and sisters in arms. Let's if If people are... Whether they're transitioning from a healthy place or or not, help them as much as possible. There's so many programs that are out there to help not just transitioning veterans, but people that are already out, people that are you know having mental health issues or just you know whatever issues. There's so many programs that within the VA, outside of the VA, veterans helping veterans, 
other you know NGOs and, and different programs that are willing to help as well. But I guess what I would say to cap that off would be, I guess going back to that first point is just because you're in the military doesn't mean you're going to get a job. So you can't just transition without a plan. That's, I guess, what my main point was. Yeah, no, I, Chris, I know exactly what, you, what you're saying, but, um, you know, not everyone knows you. And so I just wanted to make sure that people um, didn't think you were a very morbid person. That's fair. Thank you. Because <laughs> uh, especially my one listener up in Canada. Thank you. Thank you, Canada. Um, so you know uh, in all of these podcasts I always have to ask this question Um, so you didn't go with the beard right and so I'm curious as to I I tried it I tried to grow goatee out and like I said I lasted two and a half days and I I noticed at work I was just angry I just wanted to punch my computer and nothing was going on at work it's just I didn't like having facial hair Mm -hmm. so for me I'm not I'm not going to go that route because I'll end up breaking something, but you haven't, you haven't grown a beard or mustache. I'm just curious as to why. Yeah. Uh, partly it's genetics. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) there's been opportunities like in the military where I either had to, um, for deployment or I had the opportunity to like when I, uh, when I did transition to be an officer, I only had to have 90 credits toward a degree. I think I was the last group of people that had that opportunity so when i went to school to finish my degree it was i paid for it from the gi bill but it was all you know i was still active duty uh assigned to a a, a unit out of fort jackson but i was still i went to kansas state so I, there was really no reporting requirements i grew a beard then it just takes so long man and that in between time like the itchy like the nonsense for it to fill all in it takes for me, anyway, it takes a, a good at least two months, and I don't have that kind of time, <laughs> and my <laughs> wife would not appreciate it. And it's usually – there's been a couple of times, uh, one during COVID and then maybe once after where I was like, yeah, I could do it. We'll see. And then I just look in the mirror. I'm like, this is – I can't do this. This is too much. It's too itchy. It's just too much. So just call it. You know, that, that's – Great. I'm just curious because, uh, like I said, I've had a few people say, "Well, it's their I don't know their badge that they're that they made it out, or you know, it's yeah. freedom beard." I, for me, I couldn't care less one way or the other. I'm just curious, and you know, for any people that are out there who have never served in the military, this gives them a little bit of insight as to um, why you see so many veterans with beards down to you know their bellies. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you know, with culture right now, it's a it's an in thing too. So it's not just the veterans; it's definitely like an in thing. But uh, just because you can grow a beard doesn't mean you always should grow a beard. Like I have the opportunity to grow one, but it's going to look really stupid for a couple months, and I'm just gonna, yeah. So not everyone should grow a beard. I guess is my point. <laughs> yeah. No, I totally get it. Um. So. You know, we always go down this is going off a little bit about off the path a little bit here and um, the only reason why I'm bringing this up now is because uh, Alabama is playing later on today and so I don't want to miss any of their game um, but uh, and 
I'm asking you this question or bringing this topic up when you're here because I value your opinion. Um, I wouldn't do it with everybody that I have on the show. Um, so you've seen that there's a new uh, suicide hotline, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's it's being promoted. And I'm glad that there's something like that. I've seen that there's more commercials, you know, emphasizing this, that if you need help, you should get help. And, and I think that's great. And I also see that there's this initiative of 22 push-ups, right? Like we're going to do 22 push-ups every day for, what is it, 22 days mm-hmm. uh, to bring awareness to this issue about um, veterans, you know, taking their lives. So for me, I, I like that, but I, I'm starting to place that into the category of when there's just a, something major that happens, either a school shooting or something major that happens, and people get on social media and they say, you know, thoughts and prayers, right? Yep. Um, I also equate it to, um, we weren't alive then, but back in the 60s, uh, my mom was telling me, or back in the 50s, that they used to do these drills in, in the schools, right, to get prepared for a nuclear war. So they would get, un- the siren would go off and they would go under their, their desk, right, and, and cover themselves. And I thought that was insane because you're basically just giving these children something to do before before it's over because going yeah. under the desk isn't going to help you during a nuclear blast. Yep. Um, so I kind of equate all these commercials to that because if you see somebody who's needs help, even if you just suspect that they need help, I think that we all should as a community. And by it's not, this is not me being on a soapbox because please, I have a lot to work on. Um, but we should all try to take just a few seconds just to like ask, Hey, buddy, are you all right? Do you want to talk? How about, hey, do you want to go have lunch? Because you never know how that's going to affect somebody. That might be the one thing that brings them back or helps them down the path of going getting help. I was curious about, too, like what just what you're not just specifically about these commercials, but just, I don't know, about mental health in general. Your, your thoughts on that, Chris? Yeah, man. Um, so... Really, like, so even, like, graduating, like, from high school, like, my graduating high school class, I, I don't know how, exactly how many people we lost from, like, the opioid stuff, but it was significant. I was, you know, came in the military in 2000. This is when opioids, you know, Percocets, Vicodins, everyone's just giving out, like, candy. Everyone thought it was just, like, oh, no big deal. It's from the pharmacy. It's not It's not dangerous, so everyone's taking it, right? So there's problems there with the opiates. This In, in the military, it followed through. It got even worse. And then with the suicide stuff, with the military, you know, deployments, it's a real thing. So I 100% agree with uh, the virtue signaling. I'm not really a virtue signaling kind of person. I'm not going to go do 22 push-ups and on camera to show awareness. It doesn't do anything. You know what does something? Reach out. Not just, like, when you see somebody say something, like, talk to them. But, like, just reach out to your friends, man. Like, reach out. Like, go through your phone book once in a while and just, like... Send a text, send a call him. Hey man, what's up? Or hey, you know, how you doing? How you been? Just talk to him because that goes a long way. Uh, unfortunately, you know, I'm sure you have too. I've lost a lot of friends. I've lost a lot of soldiers um, that served underneath me, served with me, served. I've served, you know, I served underneath. I've seen people from lieutenant colonels all the way down to privates, you know, that ended up killing themselves either with drugs. Um, or just straight up, you know, pulling the trigger. So it's 
it's really everyone hurts every single one of them hurts and every time something happens I'm just like man I wish I had not just known but I wish I just like reached out you know what I mean so I try to stay in group chats with old friends I try to reach out and just kind of randomly text or call people that I've served with or served for or I've served you know with me um because that you know to your point like that really could save their life maybe they're just having that day maybe you know everyone has their own beliefs but sometimes you get up somebody in your head right oh yeah i wonder what you know so and so is doing well reach out at that point because maybe that something's trying to like pull you to that and uh to that person and those kind words you say those that five minute conversation you have with that person could go, you know, could save their life, honestly. Yeah, I know. So I, I've said it multiple times. Part of the reason I started this podcast was because it provides me an opportunity to talk to people that I haven't talked to in a while. And so I'd like to say that I'm doing this podcast just out of the goodness of my heart, but that would be, you know, not a hundred percent true. Um, I'm doing part of this for me because I want to talk to people that I haven't talked to in a long time. That's that's how I started going, uh, figuring out who I was going to have on this podcast, just going through my uh, my phone, my contacts, and then going over in my head, like, who, who would I want on here that I haven't talked to in a while that I respect? And I think they're a smart person. Um, I might have, might have somebody on here who I respect and I think isn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but I, I don't know too many of those people. That's me. I appreciate you calling it out. (laughs) It's perfect. Um, No, not at all. Not at all. Well, one more thing to mental health. Like, it's not just like, you know, let me talk to the people because they might be having a problem. Like, you might be having a problem. I might be having a problem. Like, there's been plenty of days, plenty of nights where you just start thinking about stuff, thinking about whatever it is. Maybe it's a deployment. Maybe it's whatever you're going through, right? Maybe it's just having a hard time with your spouse and things are just sideways you don't have to be in the military to have weird thoughts weird you know things can go sideways for anybody so just realize that if you're going through a per like that situation yourself um you're not alone everybody goes through something right and then maybe you know instead of pulling that drink out Maybe you just pull your phone out and just, you know, you reach out. Hey, just let me just, you know, let me text my buddy. Let me text uh, somebody. Let me call somebody real quick. And just, you know, realize you're not alone in str- the struggle. And I know that sometimes that could come off kind of callously, but, like, it, we're all going through it. Whether, you know, you've served or not, but especially if you've served or if you, especially if you've been through, like, traumatic events um, in your life, you, you're going to relive some of that stuff. It's just part of, it's, it's just part of it. It's part of life. Right. So don't feel like it's, you have to struggle alone. There's people, there's professionals that can help, you know, I, hopefully it seems like there's less of, uh, I don't know, uh, stigmatism, uh, to go in to see a mental health expert. But like, if you don't feel comfortable with that, the, call your friend because they're going through something too you know and then you can like at least shoot the shit talk excuse my language but you talk you know talk about it and 
Or maybe you just like talk about family stuff and you just feel better about the day, that day. And the next day you call somebody else. The next day you call somebody else. And yeah, so, no, you nailed it, Chris. And like I said, um, you know, we're not in the military anymore. I know for a lot of people that's, that's hard to make that transition. But this idea where we have to keep up this shield of that nothing bothers us, who cares? We're out. This idea of, you know, I I, I like to use it, this example because this guy, I like, I met this guy, this person in, uh, where was I? I was somewhere in South America, um, but I had a drinking problem and I had pretty much gotten under wraps and I hadn't been drinking uh, for a while. And this guy comes over and he's like, well, I don't trust anyone that doesn't drink. Mm-hmm. So my response was, obviously, I guess you're not going to trust me and we're not going to be friends. Hmm. Um, because my health was more important than that guy's opinion. And we should all have that attitude now where maybe not be so rough around the edges. But other people, somebody else's opinion isn't going to help you achieve your goals and is it going to help you achieve uh, improve your mental mental and physical health at, at the end of the day who cares what somebody else thinks surround yourself around people who are positive and who are going to be a positive influence on you yeah that's that's 100 true and, and again just realize like you're not alone like there's i the the people that well everyone i was surprised with i guess but it's it typically what I've seen is the people that are you know everyone was surprised that they pulled the trigger or ended their life or or whatever um, is the ones that you know they kept it all in they tried to hold the world on their shoulders by themselves whether it's through relationship issues or just military stuff in general everyone saw on the outside they were portraying themselves as like they got it you know their career is on track everything's great um and then on the inside they were just falling apart and what i would say to those people if i could and for the people going through similar things is like the world's not on your shoulders the world's gonna go on no matter what so like reach out like this is your life this is your opportunity to have you know, a, a good life, something, you know, you have people around you that love you, whether it's family, friends, you know, children, etc. Um, and if you, if you go down that route, you, you can't come back. Like you're, <sighs> if anybody has any problems you can find me, I don't know. I don't care if I know you, I don't care if I ever met you. I don't care if I served with you. And I'll talk to you. Just talk to me. We'll have a conversation. We'll go have a, cla- a cup of coffee or go get a beer, what- whatever it is. And we'll just we'll just hang out and we'll have a good conversation. And then you can always reach out to me. That's I said that to everybody. Um, I think it's really important. I think instead of for people out there doing 22 push-ups on TikTok or whatever, um, I think it's more important to like, hey, here's my information. Just contact me and I'll help if I can. You know, at least I'll be there for somebody to vent to. I can just listen, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. So, you know, I say this on every podcast, but if you need to want to reach anybody on who's been on this podcast, 
um, just email me at arantonio-rodriguez98 at gmail.com and uh, I can get you in contact with anybody who's been on here or we can you know, find work together to find you the help that you need, whatever that may be. Yeah, I think it's important. And, and even for people that are still in the military, like it's even more so because there is people – I can say I can speak for myself. I can't speak for anybody else. But for myself, there was always that like I'm going to keep it in. I'm going to – no matter what was going on around me, you know, I've yeah, – I was divorced in the military. You know, there's a lot of like like relationship issues that I had, um, people that people go through, a lot of like similar things. Everyone's going through – a lot of similar issues, right? I didn't have to keep it all to myself. If I had reached out to friends, um, it would have been a lot easier than just trying to, you know, soldier through a thing. So. All right. So, you know, we're approaching the end here now. Um, so, you know, we always talk a little bit about how people transitioned out and then a little bit about mental health and never want to end a, a podcast on a on something heavy as mental health um so we like to do shout outs um typically if you have a any type of pet we do shout out to pets um but if you want to do a shout out to anybody in your family chris uh kids or anyone by all means uh let's hear who you have to shout out to well i do have a couple little puppies i would have had them in with me uh little scarlet and rhett um, to uh, uh, Cavaliers, um, I would say I, my wife, obviously Carmen. Um, I have three beautiful daughters, Alyssa, Chloe, and Savannah. Uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Timmy Jiggs because I miss that guy. He's an amazing dude. He's a uh, you know a mutual friend of ours. Um, hopefully someday we can all get together, all our, us old seventy second guys, and uh, you know. Have a beer, have a cup of coffee, have some water, whatever, and just kind of talk some old stories when we were young, young and stupid, right? Or at least when I had some hair. <laughs> yeah, Timmy and 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 uh, Olvera and Damon, uh, Damien and all those guys. So we we should all get together someday. So just some admin notes here. Um, so if anybody was trying to. Still, the title for this uh, podcast, you can't because I just I submitted my trademark application this week, so it's going to be all mine. Um, <laughs> two, I had some promotional uh, T-shirts made up, and I'm waiting for them to be shipped in. I had 20, uh, five in each size for medium, large, extra large, and double extra large because I don't know anybody who would fit a small. Um, so if you... If you're interested in a t-shirt, just email me your address and I'll send it out to you. No payment is required. The only stipulation is that you actually have to wear it from time to time um, because this is basically free advertisement for me. Uh, You can't get it and then just decide that you're going to use it to wash your car. That's not the purpose of this t-shirt. And before you say, yeah, I'll take a free t-shirt, just know that my face is going to be on the back of that uh, t-shirt because that's the logo for this podcast so that's what's going to be on the back of the t-shirt um i think it's awesome uh my family thinks it's a horrible idea we're going to see if it's one or the other or it might be both i don't know um chris do you have anything before we sign off 
Yeah, I think there's a lot of people out there that would love to wear your face on their body. So I think it's a good move with that. Um, and <laughs> thank you for the opportunity to, to speak on your podcast. This is awesome. I'm really, really you know, honored to have been invited. And um, I'm really happy that you know your transition went well and you're getting after the things you want to get after. So thanks. All right. So as always, be good to yourself. Don't put yourself down. You're a good person. There's always help if you need it. And as always, zot, 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 and roll tide.